The following program was produced by Community Producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the Community Producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. And welcome to Malden 02148. I'm the host this evening, Ed Lucy, and my guest is a Maldonian by birth and by choice. A Mald- by heart. Yeah, that's more important, yeah. Michael Goldman, well known to many of the people here in Malden, and Michael has taken the time to study stop by. We can recap a little about the activity politically of Malden and other places out west and maybe even in Washington. I hope so. Yeah, if you look at the... Uh, for those people who haven't caught up on what went on in the election yesterday, the uh, number one thing to notice is um, the voting total was about 27%, which is just a little above average. And the weather wasn't that great, but for the most part, they, the weather had some overcast or whatever. So uh, in this day and age, because of a lot of different reasons, the, number, the the percentage of people that vote on local elections has, has decreased somewhat over the years. In Boston, it was actually 18%. That's all? That's all. So it was uh, it was 9%, I believe, in the primary and 18% in the in the. Well, final. that's really low. Well, you know, again, it's a diverse city, and it, uh, if there isn't a big race in every other year, you have uh, the council run without the mayor. Um, so they run every two years. The mayor runs every four years. So there's always a bigger trend on in a mayoral year, and there was no other issue. Uh, and I think when we when we start to talk about Malden and you know why candidates win and lose, there's the single biggest reason why candidates lose is because there's a rationale for the candidacy of the opponent. Meaning, uh, a big issue has hit the, the community. Taxes have gone up. Uh, uh, development has, has seemed out of control. Crime is high. Um, um, uh, water development, bills. water and sewers, <laughs> all kinds of stuff, you know, that that can motivate a primary and a general election audience, audience to come out. And what's interesting, this cycle, in part because the economy is pretty good everywhere, um, you would not have expected to see the number of, of incumbents have close races and incumbents lose, as you did this time. Not in Malden, obviously, with the mayor, but in other places. Right. Well, we had we had issues like that, and, and the other one, which is never some people still haven't recovered. Approximately ten years ago, we started going to recycling using uh, uh, bags required to be bought, mm-hmm. and it served two purposes, obviously. One, by having the rubbish bags uh, being purchased, and then the, and, and and that's that's the part of the rubbish pickup that goes to the landfill. It reduced the amount of uh, rubbish that went to the landfill because people separated up the bottles and right. the plastic. So the city saved a considerable amount of money in 
what the fees were assessed against them for landfill rubbish, and in addition to that, they uh, they, they charge ten times what the bags cost, so they got to, uh, you know, they make a little profit. Yeah, they could charge two dollars for a bag, and it cost fifteen cents to, to buy them. So. The, the, the city got the bonanza of not only shrinking the landfill, which was a, was a big plus. That was a windfall. And the more important thing from the city's perspective, they got the uh, the, the blue bags, as they are referred to. But um, that was an issue again this year in Marlin because prior to the election about six months ago, uh, the mayor has come out with a program which was going to single stream the rubbish, which is similar to what other communities use. Right. And... Um, However, in order to, if the thing were to go through, uh, what that meant was that they were going to start assessing a, a monthly stipend against your water bill, which is a, a always quick, a very tough thing. Yeah, and and uh, oh, again, if you had a multiple family, um, but you get two barrels, and the thing is, for some, if you had a, as you know from your own living experience here in Marlin, not all the, the house lot sides are large. Correct. So. If you had you get two barrels, but you have th- three a three family, that means you'd have to have six barrels. And where do you put them? And where's the front exactly. and back? So, and you know you can see that if you go to certain neighborhoods in Boston, Dorchester, Hyde Park, even South Boston, you see people having literally created uh, a, a a platform where they put the barrels on the side so they yeah, can use it because yeah, they, they, yeah. you can't put them on the street yeah. and there's really no room on the side yeah. of the houses yeah. to do it. So, and but I, I I just want to say and you know, again to you know it's always to look at the macro as well as the micro. Um, there is going to be I predict in the next five to ten years a movement in Massachusetts to do what California is doing. Uh, California, uh, a couple of years ago, looked for the first gasification plant for solid waste. And it sounds boring, but if you're a taxpayer, this is a pretty damn good deal. These gasification uh, plants um, take in the, the, the refuse, and there is nothing on the other end. It either is turned into ethanol, which is sold to, to lower the, the cost of, of gasoline. Uh, there's a big uh, federal tax credit for that. Or they make them into tiny pellets. We have a, a problem with sand in the world. Sand is decreasing at an extraordinary rate. And beaches like Revere Beach can't buy sand anymore to re- refill the sand that's taken away during a storm. The taxpayers are saying, what, what does that have to do with me? Well, if you don't have any any tipping fee because you're not you're not you're bringing people in and you I mean trash in and you have nothing to to dispose of. I mean, for taxpayers, this could be an enormous um, tax saving for individuals. And in California, they're about five years into a ten year plan to build the first functioning gasification plant. There are they're they're in Japan, they're in in, uh, in Italy, and um, for mayors all over the country, this in says, my God, I'm going to get a bonus. <laughs> To not have to, you know, as you say, the tipping fee, the plastic, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's quite, it's, it is quite interesting that even in a place like Malden, um, uh, something like that, a big international um, uh, technology is, is going to have a real impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I was thinking that um, better read the fine print of that rubbish contract because you might have a, a minimum charge and you have to pay whether there's any rubbish or not. No, it, it's it's very interesting. It it again, it, we have a problem here, as you know, Resco. When you were mayor, even yeah. Resco was you know the old Willow Bay free to fry you know plant. That's been talked off forever. They yeah. just had to give it another fifteen year lease because there's no other place to dump the. 
the refuse. And it, we, we really, all over the state, all over New England, we just have no place to put the stuff. And so if you could literally turn it into something that not only doesn't cost anything but makes money, you know, pretty exciting technology, genuinely. There's so much that they're even talking now, even they've been making a complaint about the amount of plastic that's tossed into the ocean. That now they're talking there's a total new industry that they're going to take all of that and create something that that's a viable product that from the from the from the waste. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it it's you know, for for all the problems that we have, and and you know, you and I are two old fogies, so we can remember back 50, 60 years. You know, what you discover is, is, is America is incredibly creative. It may not take a day, a week, a month, or a year, but eventually we, we, we look at problems and we figure out creative ways to solve them. And this is a perfect little tiny, if you will, grain of sand answer to one of the many environmental issues that we have. And, uh, you know, if you remember a few years ago when uh, – before the new solid waste site at the Deer, Deer Island and Nut Island, we had the old plants. They used to break down, and the the, the refuse used to go right into the uh, the ocean. Right. They'd yeah. see stuff floating by, you know, out of Winthrop. And you know, the new plants um, um, don't allow that to happen anymore. So again, it, it it's sort of it's sort of inside baseball, but it's interesting because creative mayors figure out ways to take advantage of that for their communities. And some mayors could be very smart, find a location. The technology is totally clean. The environmentalists love it, and it's going to save. It's going to make a community literally tax-free, just like the old coal plants used to pay for the taxes in the communities that had the coal plants. Salem, for example, I think 60% of their taxes were paid for by the the rent in that, that old coal facility that they shut down. And Everett had the low real estate taxes for, for Forever. Yeah, for, big ever. commercial tax Compared base. To, right, yeah, because yeah. it was, you know, absolutely. But, you know, then yeah. it's got to be clean or you know, the people aren't going to buy it. It's got to be clean technology. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. If you look through the rest of the, just for the people that want to get an update, there were no upsets yesterday in Mall. Then I think, uh, if anything, there was some uh, a little bit of a surprise. There was some issues that were locally in nature that sometimes make a difference when the people go to the polls, um, one of which is the, the announcement that was made some months back about a single stream system. When the blue bags came in years ago, there was really a lot of community outcry, but it, there's some residue still left from that. But, uh, the, the, you know, it's even like they talk about the, the complaint about the high-rise buildings here for right. the apartment complex. But Malden's such a small area that if, you, if, if you're going to if you're gonna add... Um, opportunities for people to live someplace, you have to go up because there's no room there's to go room. sideways. Yeah. So We look more like New York. Yeah, you know? and so overall, um, even though the, there appeared to be things that should have sparked interest in the public, um, uh, campaigning has changed so much in my own experience helping out a little bit with a couple of candidates and, and being a spectator is that the old days are gone now. There's not, it's, almost, it's almost all totally electronic. Neither, neither of the uh, mayor candidates had campaign offices where you where you would go in and people would be there and you'd be stuffing oh, envelopes. No yeah. more of that. You know, that's interesting because in some of the other places, for example, Revere had an old-fashioned race, a real Donnie That was Brooke. close. Very close. Uh, the former mayor, uh, Dan Rizzo, ran against the current mayor who beat him the last time. And, uh, and uh, the two of them are like two... Mirror reflections of each other, you know, Revere, quote unquote, yeah. the old Revere, if you yeah. will, the new Revere, you know, the 
anyone who drives by Revere Beach and sees all the new housing that's there. But, but you know, it, as you well know, you know, one of the things that Malden could depend on for a long time was um, because we had, you know, particularly down in the old, um, down by uh, Converse Street, down by that area, you had all this open space. And so you could temporarily come in, you know, move your workforce out of Boston, put them in a place while you built a building and then move them out and someone else would move in. Communities like Malden and Everett and, and, and even Chelsea, they don't have that anymore. All of that sort of, as you pointed out, it, it really is getting filled up. And in, in, in we really see it as like in Kendall Square, there's just no more room. They, I mean, literally, they've got more people who want to move in and in Malden, certainly the same thing is true. It's really, you know, it's been interesting how Malden Square originally used the restaurants to bring people back, but now they've really made it, a, a, you know, a social center with those big game rooms, which you and I do not attend, you know. <laughs> but I mean, my, my, my two daughters who are 40, they and their husbands and some friends came to Malden about a year ago and they ate here and they went in and they... They locked themselves in a room or something. Oh, well, that's on Pleasant Street. You know, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, but they came to Malden. Yeah. That's the point. The that's... point is, is they came. They had a great time. They told other people. Other people came to Malden. It's not exactly what, what, what in 1965 or 1970 or 1975 you would say, we're going to bring industry to Malden. We're going to bring a game room. You know, yeah. <laughs> no one, people would have said, huh? What? Maybe a pool room. A pool room. <laughs> Sully's. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, but a, a, a quick recap, yep. uh, no, no surprises in the, the uh, council as all were reelected. There was an open seat in Watts Street because John uh, Matheson obviously was a candidate for mayor, so that created a vacancy in his, his seat. There were two candidates, and um, it was a very close race. The difference in, in between the two candidates was 31 votes, and so... Uh, and that was in Ward 3. three. There were 60, 65 blanks, I guess, so that shows you that sometimes every vote counts. Well, again, and if I could go to that, it's what I started off talking about at the outset, which is to beat an incumbent, which happened, and we'll talk about that in Melrose and in Medford, a new mayor in Melrose and a, and a, and a mayor who's beaten in, in, uh, in Medford, there has to be an issue. That's what we started talking about when I got off on that yeah. tangent about the, uh, yeah. the, the, the plan. I mean, uh, in Malden, when you look at what are, the, what are the issues that drive voters, are my kids getting educated? No big surprise. Um, are my taxes reasonable? Am I getting decent services? Is the crime rate low? So if you're the incumbent, and you could say the crime rate's low. Um, you know the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 schools are, are good. The uh, police and fire show up. Um, it's hard to say. Let's throw the bum out. Yeah. You know there has to be a reason. And and you know, if I may do a small commercial, I I, I think Gary Christians is not a, a, a whack on on Matheson, who I don't know. It, I think that it it, it would have been tough for anyone to beat him. So I just think that, that from what I've seen of polling, um, people really do think that he cares. He's very active. He's, he has a huge footprint. Um, didn't get lazy. As you know, that's how mayors sometimes get bumped out. Um, so well, it doesn't surprise me. Was that a congressman? <laughs> Absolutely. You yeah, know. They forget where they're from. They've, you know, uh, and, and, and that sort of relates to the, you know, people are starting to say, well, you know, is Marty Walsh going to run? Uh, in two years, I, I think he is. But uh, 
they're saying, well, gee, now that there's been this big change in Boston, you know, Ayanna Presley, and, you know, there's seven of the eight, I mean, who would have ever thunk it? Seven of the eight of Boston City Councilors are women and people of color and, and, and a very diverse board. But the bottom line is um, the mayor is wildly popular. I see the white guy, a white Irish guy, you would think would, would be in trouble in a city like Boston now. Instead, it's he's doing the job. When he stops doing the job, they'll turn on him in a dime, as you well know. Well, that's kind of interesting because in some ways, um, two things. One is when he first ran, my, and again, I'm not a Boston resident, sure. so whether we'll, we'll agree with him or not, I, I thought he ran against someone who was a credible candidate, Mike Conley's son. Correct. Mike Conley's a former, former state rep and also Secretary of State. And um, the thing at that time was that uh, as, a, as a counselor, uh, the current mayor was collecting a salary as a counselor, but he was also a labor union official. No, he's a state rep, and he's a labor union official. Okay, I'm sorry. He's yep. state rep and, and, and getting – so he was, I thought that was a little bit of a – and my feeling was – and again, there's a difference between a rep and a mayor because when you're dealing – as a mayor, you're dealing with unions all the time. Right, right. I kind of thought he'd have a hard time being totally objective as a mayor, having the, the strength of the union not only part of his – the background financially, but also a big, a big reason why he got elected mayor. And that's why the Globe and the Herald endorsed Connolly and not Mayor yeah, Walsh. Yeah, we don't, yeah. we forget that now because yeah. he's so popular. But right. at the time, it was just that. Ed, the question right. is, how how independent could he be with the unions who helped to get elected? But since then, uh, he's had some issues that have come up uh, that have caused. You know, there've been indictments, and there's been some of them are gray area issues. Yeah, some right. of them are things that you can. It's not as bad as the pro quo corn in Washington, but but in any event, I do think that overall, in spite of that make, makeup of the council, um, that he he um, seems to, and I think in the minds of the public, tries to correct problems that surface. So therefore, it would appear that uh, I, they keep talking about one of the councils coming up to run against Michelle him. Michelle Wolf, yeah. Yeah, possibly. But on the other hand, um, there's a very Boston, in a lot of ways, very parochial. So that would be a, a, a tough race for anybody, well, unless uh, unless there's something really startling right, came right. up. Right, I, I would say to you a couple of things. Number one, uh, you're absolutely correct. Uh, uh, John Connolly, in fact, if you looked at the polling data, should have won. He should have won the primary. I thought he was going to win, which he I lost by right. a point, and he should have won the election, which the mayor won, but the current mayor won by a point. But in the, it was very interesting because it's a little bit of an inside baseball story. Um, after the primary, which Walsh won in a, in a, a small upset, people didn't expect it, um, um, the three candidates who should have been with Connolly, um, um, there's a black woman who was on a, if you remember, was a former state rep who ran, she came in third or fourth, um, Felix Arroyo Jr., who, who had been the education subcommittee chair to John Connolly, and uh, uh, a guy by the name of John Barros, who had been the school committee chair. And everybody assumed that Felix and John Barros were going to be with the school guy. They endorsed Walsh, which, which asked people started saying, what do they know that we don't know? And that, that hurt them. But the biggest thing, believe it or not, Ed, and you will appreciate this, some of our viewers are going to think this is a name from the past, but um, I, I, I thought it was a very tough race for 
uh, Walsh, who I worked for, to win. And about a week and a half before Election Day, he was walking up uh, near the State House, and a car pulls over and he gets called over, and this former state rep says, um, you know, uh, Marty, I, 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 want, I was looking for you because I want to endorse you. Who is it but Mel King? Mel King had run for mayor back in 1983, for God's sakes. This is, this is 30 years before. But in the minority community, older minority community in particular, Mel King was still a major player. And he did a press conference in front of his, where he lives, a place called Ten City in, uh, in, uh, uh, near, uh, near uh, Copley Square. And um, he came out and he met the press and he basically said to them, uh, um, seven years ago, I had a problem, and I couldn't get anyone to help me, and somebody said, call Marty Walsh, and he was not my state rep, and he came to the first meeting, and the only two people who came to every single meeting, we had seven meetings, was Marty Walsh, and then he paused and he said, I've never met John Connolly, and that was the difference of the he, he got us enough votes in that older black community that we're not going to vote for the guy, the white Irish guy from Dorchester, who said, if that's the guy Mel King wants. So campaigns are often fascinating things when you look at them from the sort of inside. And, uh, and uh, you know, the, 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 someday I know you're going to be riding up the street and you're going to say, oh, it's former Mayor Ed Lucy, you know, I want to endorse you. You and used boom. to be somebody, yeah. You know, that's, 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 that's what that's funny, that's right. But in his, in that little tiny universe, he still was a major player. Amazing. You know, um, yeah. you know it's an yeah. amazing true story. And he wouldn't have, John Connolly, if he had not seen him that day, John Connolly would have been the mayor of Boston. That's interesting. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. The close, I have a story to tell, but that isn't that, but close to that. But just to recap, finally yep, involved in, yep. uh, the vacant seat in Ward 3 was won by, of course, it's a new candidate since the, the both of the women who ran, uh, this is their first time. I, I have not met either of the two people, one of whom is more involved. She's, a, she's, she's on the board of the MRA. But I would just suggest, uh, my intention was, uh, if I had met them, I would have urged, because you only have one winner when you have a can an election. And well, That's a very close race. Both, yeah, close. both of them were extremely well qualified. I thought I thought they, they did a good job in presenting some of the issues that they're going to articulate should they be successful in running. And, and it ultimately ended up that there's only a difference of about 30 votes between the two. So obviously it was a very, very close election. And, uh, and by the way, Ward 3 has the highest percentage of the turnout. The, I mentioned earlier there's 27% voted, but up in Ward 3, it ends up you got, uh, in 3-1, you got um, thirty-three percent, and then three-two, you get forty-two percent, which is a. And, but in any event, very interesting. Um, whoever didn't win that election, I would hope that she would consider the future op options that may be available to her, and, and to stay active because there should be a place for her somewhere in the system here in Mall. In the olden days, as you well know, people ran and lost the first time was the norm. Right. They, they, you, you did it to build your name recognition. Right. You did it to see if there was an opportunity there, right. particularly if you weren't the son uh, or the cousin of an elected official. Yeah. And, you know, the yeah. first time, you know, when you ran, um, you ran, your first race was for... State rep. State rep in, in the old 240 house. That's correct. Right. So, you know, you ran in a very different situation than... 
than um, someone would run today, for example. Um, but you had a business, and you know, again, it, it's terrific to be involved in a city, and it's 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 a good thing to go out and get your name for people to see you knocking on the door. And people also, when you come back the second time, they say, you know, they, 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 I remember that person. I, yeah. you know, so I I would encourage the the, the losers to not lose heart. Well, this, and again, in, in now even be, beyond that, uh, another quick observation for the rec most recent election here, more than this uh, yesterday, was that for the first time, there's there's a more visible appearance of the diversity of the community, both in the in the wake there have been candidates this, in this election. If you look at the roster of people who ran, who uh, are not the profile of of the candidates who ran years gone by, and also what's showing up is people who are diverse who are voting. There were obviously a lot of people over the years who moved to Malden for various reasons, but they were part of the the population statistics, but they weren't visible in terms of the voting the, process, nor were they visible in terms of some of the uh, s services that uh, are out there for people to, to uh, participate in by helping out a volunteer or being appointed. Well, and, and, and also that's the, happening. And also there are certain cultures where running for office is not part of the cultural um, dynamic. Not at all. So, um, yeah. you know, people, some people are afraid of, you know, come from cultures which are actually afraid of, of, uh, of uh, people who are in, in government and politics. They're the enemy, not the friends. And yeah. it's funny, it takes, like everything else, it takes time. It takes time to get your voting base up. Usually it happens in a ward. A ward will become... Turn Irish, turn Italian, turn Jewish, turn Asian, turn uh, Hispanic, turn, you know. And that's the base that, the, that you run from for the first time. People looking for someone that looks like them, that understands the problems of people like them and care about them. But that doesn't, again, it, 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 did, it, it hasn't surprised me it's taken longer here. Um, uh, Quincy just a couple of years ago, had, even though it's been, you know, um, uh, more Asian than any A lot of Asians. But they just finally elected up, uh, you know, up in um, the uh, the new head of the Republican State Party, uh, Jim Lyons, lost to a, a, an Asian woman, Tran, up there. Nobody thought she had a chance. Oh, she came really? out of nowhere. She, that's why he, he had to take the job with the State Party because he lost his rep seat. They thought he was unbeatable. And she came in and put together a campaign and, and, um, uh, a lot of those people had never registered, but when they had a candidate that looked like them and seemed to be more in line, they they, they picked themselves up, got themselves registered, and I never thought that he could, that, that she could beat him. And she didn't just win; she won pretty pretty good. You know. Well, we only there was one appearance of of a diversity at Mall, and, and Michael touched on it when I showed him the, the election results, and he made a reference to Watch Seven to an Asian winning, and I had a remind him that the Asian's maiden name was Bucci. Oh, that's so, so funny. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Bucci <laughs> Luong um, is uh, the representation for the community at the present time, but uh, that's that's kind of a... Um, 
a combination. There's nothing wrong with if you you remember when when somebody had the advantage of being both Italian and Irish, and both names you know would go on the uh, on the uh, on the ballot. Well, so people uh, would know. Well, you know, he, he does that even now, and he's, he's I think he's pretty well entrenched. The sheriff of Middlesex County. His mother's Irish, and he's he's a father's Armenian. And he and puts he, both names. And, and is focused on all of his literature about the his mother's maiden name or his is. Well, Dan Dan Coe, who came very very close to winning the congressional seat up in uh, up in uh, the old fifth uh, district, um, he ran as Dan. His 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 father is Korean, and his mother uh, yeah, his father's Korean, and his mother is. Uh, is um, Lebanese, so he ran. But the mother is very well known. She's an, an, an eye doctor up there, so he put his mother's maiden name right. You know, he ran both names, so it still gets done. Yeah, yeah. kind of fun. Well, that's not so. Uh, that's fair. That's fair politics, a fair game. That's not like putting a third person in from an ethnic group in to split the vote. Well, so there you, you go. So mm. you win a primary, but you know. That's balded, but uh, I was just finding out. I haven't uh, caught, didn't get the paper today, so, and I've had the flu for a couple of days, so don't get too close, I Michael. promise, no kissing. But uh, anyway, oh, you did the way in. Now oh, you're yeah, not on okay. the way out. All right, yeah, so uh, I just found out tonight there was an upset in Method that the mayor of Method I, I was very surprised. I had not heard that she was in trouble. Yeah. Um, the former mayor, incredibly popular still, Michael McGlynn, I believe, campaign for her? He, oh, absolutely he did. Yeah, you know, my, I had relatives in Medford, and they said he, he was in a neighborhood uh, knocking doors in there, Haines Square, in that area. You know, uh, but I, I had not heard one word about her having, yeah. uh, you know, being in trouble. But, you know, again, you know, I, I'll be interested. I'm sure in the next couple of days we'll find out there was some issue in Medford that that uh, that uh, made the people think, well, maybe we need a change. And what's interesting is, as you know, Michael served longer than virtually anyone. He was the only mayor in Medford from the time they went to the mayoral system till about four years ago. Um, so it was like 30-something years. Of, and then he was preceded by his dad, who was the state rep and the former chief secretary. And you know, the Glens have been... You know, uh, uh, powerful. If On you both will. sides of the family. In both sides of the family. Yeah. yeah that's uh, the the uh, Perica, correct? Wasn't that a woman you served with? Malin Perica. Yeah. Right. So the, on both sides. Um, but well, um, they ran against each other. So that's another whole story. Well, that's that, that's that's Thanksgiving. That's. Uh, um, but the. Um, no, excuse uh, me. You know, a bit of trivia. You know who, who, who she was friendly with? No. Yeah, you just you you dropped baseball a couple of times. Um, Who's the, who's the Sox player that went to the Yankees? He had, he's a Hall of Famer, third base. Come on, oh, Malzahn. Who? Frank Malzahn? No. No. Third base. Got the mustache. The chicken guy. Oh, hey, Wade she, Boggs. She used to babysit him. Oh, you're kidding. Really? No, no, no. The, yeah, the, he lived at the Ganada Highlands. A lot of the ball players they used to live at the Ganada Highlands. When I was there. Yeah, so they, had a, they used to have a connection to Wade Boggs. That's so funny. Well, the, again, the the... the, the the uh, for this mayor to only end up serving, I think, only two terms, two two-year terms. Yeah, and Michael kind of, promoted her. I think she came in the like the redevelopment authority, something in Medford. You know, yeah. so uh, you know, again, I'll be interested to see what the rationale yeah. was. But yeah. in, again, in Malden, it's interesting. Again, the crime rate's pretty. You know, it's good here. Um, you know, people are working. Um, you know, the, the you know Malden. We've talked about this before when I've been on the show. Uh, you know the. The single biggest reason that people try to find housing 
is if they live if they're working in Boston is transportation. Transportation, you can't get in and out of the city by car. It's so expensive to yeah. park. You've got to be making a lot of money. And so if you're on the T, which we are in Malden, prices go up because people people want to live here because they can take the T in and not have to bring a car yeah. and saves them a lot of dough. Yeah, one of the things that Americans seem to do is that they. Uh, they changed the road work leading into into metro, metropolitan areas to accommodate the people bringing cars in, and other societies in in other countries. What they do is that they tend to aggressively discourage use of vehicles by charging you exorbitant amounts of money, money to right. be convenient. So what happens in in let's say in Sweden or Switzerland and other some of the other European countries. People don't take their cars. Or New York. Yeah. New York has a commuter they tax. They hammer you on the charges, yep. whether it's the, the you have to pay New a York tax City. to even drive a car in the community. In America, they the people are in love with their cars, so they get in their cars, and, and you hear those horror stories about the tea breaking down, and so that gives them another excuse to drive in. But Boston's done a little bit by by, by having tiers on uh, structured on parking parking meeting. right now yeah, now yeah. depending on when you come in but the, but what Boston is trying to do you know again and 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 this is way more information than people need but if you have an opportunity if you've ever been to other parts of the country they they are they, they they're laid out in, in gridded systems in perfect you know the old you know the lower 40 you know 160 you know, um, um, so that if, if you're if you if you say I'm in the lower 40, people know exactly where you are. But here we we did what was called the meets and bounds system, as the river met the tree and was bounded by the brook. And so Boston and even Malden to some degree, um, except in those areas that got urban renewal and then the the, the street patterns changed. You know, when we were kids in Walden, you know, there were the small streets and there were the small because they they took the 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 cow paths and the and the wagon paths and they made them the the roads. And of course, in the North End, you still have the run. People always say, "How the hell could they have put the streets the way they are in the North End?" Well, they're the streets that have been there since the North End was you know was founded 400 years ago, and so. Um, that adds to the transportation problem that you talk about. Is, is we're just not laid out in a gridded system, where you know you could park your car in place A, get on a public transportation system, bus, train, trolley, whatever, um, and that's always been a, a disadvantage for Boston. You know, and you're absolutely right. You know, but but a lot of people I know who live in Malden now live here because the trains here and it's easy to, and that includes Melrose going further out to. You know, go to Oak Grove. Well, I I was surprised that uh, um, the more recently, when they were telling the population that Marlins about fifty thousand people, and I'm thinking there's still fifty thousand people. Now it's about sixty thousand people, and there isn't any more land that they can nope. acquire. So obviously, if it's uh, we ten thousand people that weren't here before. You got to go up in the air, and that's where that was supposed to be one of the issues this past election. But it's apparently, for some reason, either the um, uh, John uh, Matheson wasn't able to communicate that, although that was brought up. I mean, the, there were some other issues that usually sparked a, a negative response to the administration, but it didn't work. And some of it, as you alluded to earlier, Gary's been here every day and doing the job that people right. 
see him at the percep at the at the receptions and at the dedications and at the day to day operation of the government. So he probably has a uh, first-hand contact with more people than anybody else. I would, I would say, like one a Ray of those, Flynn. Right. I would say that, um, or, or that, if you were to say to people in Malden, if you were to ask them, have you ha- ever had a personal contact with the mayor? Have you ever met the mayor, shaken his hand, been yeah. in an event? I, the numbers are probably enormous. Yeah. After you know, because he, he yeah. very, you know, yeah. again, uh, he's the kind of mayor who who does that kind of stuff that's he's good at it. you know there are other guys who say you know i'm i'm busy in my office i got no time for that silliness you know unless i'm running i'm not gonna waste my time going to you know the 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 saint agnes's uh you know you know you know annual breakfast yeah, yeah. you know and uh, as you and i both know politics is local and politics is personal and and uh, it's hard not to vote for somebody you've seen and you, and you know. You just don't want to get isolated. That's what really beats mayors is people feeling as though they're, they're isolated in their office talking to a handful of people and, 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 and not in touch with them. Yeah. On, a, on a higher level now, um, statewide, Charlie Baker served he's in the second term. Right. Although there's certainly no limitations in terms in constitutionally here in Massachusetts. Would you sense that he might run again for governor? Most in more recent times, it appears that people, whether regardless of the party that is his nation, when you get to the end of your second term or even before the end of your second term, you're looking to do something else, right? Or go right. somewhere else. Well, he his problem is that while he is a Republican to me, and he clearly is a Republican to people in in, in Massachusetts, um, people outside of of Massachusetts look at him and they don't see the conservative elements of his of his portfolio they only see that he's pro choice he's pro gay rights he is um he is um uh um you know very active in the transgender you know situation um uh, healthcare uh, and that ain't the the, the republican governor of mississippi or the republican governor of idaho um, so where does he go? There really is no upwardly mobile step. In the case of Romney, uh, essentially, he survived Romney care, which became Obamacare, uh, by going back to Utah where he could be conservative again, and he flipped his position on choice and gave, you know, gay rights so he could become more of a, quote-unquote, Republican. So, and he went to the right church. And he went to the, well, for Utah, he sure did. Uh, um, so the, the answer to the question is, is it's hard to imagine... Um, him beating either Warren and or Kennedy Markley for that that seat. Um, But remember, something interesting. If Elizabeth Warren pulls off the miracle, and if she were to be the nominee, and if she were to be elected, um, Charlie Baker gets to choose her replacement. And Charlie Baker could step aside put the lieutenant governor as governor, and she could choose him. That would be hard to pull off in this day and age. Not really. It, it, it's, it's actually... Not before, but... It, uh, a popular governor uh, who, who makes that switch, and, and he doesn't run right away. Um, you know, certainly, you know, you know, I and the Democrats would, would you know, would, would, uh, would howl. But, again, it comes down to whether people think he's, you know, doing a good job or could do a good job or whatever. Um... That's the only way I see him really, you know, uh, you know, moving up or out. Well, I, I sometimes when I see the um, 
the day-to-day things that happened at the, in Massachusetts. I think he's got to pass a few times to some of the things that have happened that I oh, yeah. to positively on his administration. Well, the T has been a disaster. The, the tea, state police. The, the registry of motor vehicles, and yeah. that was somebody else's problem. The state police thing was something that should have been a lot more Huge. serious. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing to me that that, that never got the sort of the 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 the, the the updraft that I thought it, I thought it might be a killer, but again we go back to people who are working, the crime rate, whether the state police have a problem or not. The crime rate in the state is relatively low. Uh, the T is really the big issue. If someone could figure out how to how to you know grab that and make it so that um, it mattered to people, um, that could be that could be something that hurts him for a third term, no question about it. But right now, I don't I don't see it. People just don't blame him. They 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 genuinely think the problem is the equipment. The, the problem goes back decades. They don't blame a single individual. Um, they think that this goes back to the again when you were in the legislature back in the day. We 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 never really did make the investment that we really needed to make back then. That's Democrats and Republicans. That's Michael Dukakis and Ed King and Weld, Salucci, Swift, Romney. And so he's sort of sitting there holding it because he's the guy in charge. But people basically say it's been a problem for a long time. I've never seen it this bad, though. I I really genuinely have never seen um, the system be so so, uh, poorly uh, maintained. But, you know, again, like, like us, you know, it's an old system. It's, it's, you know, if you think about it, uh, the Great Blizzard of 1978, which, as you well know, I was involved in for Dukakis, the system broke down then. Now, that's how many years ago? 38 years ago? Do the math, 41. 41 years ago. And, and, and the, so, so, but what happened was, is, as you remember, the state shut down for eight days. And so by the time the, the, they moved people again, they lifted the, 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 uh, the, uh, the uh, ban on travel, the tea was functioning. So nobody realized that the system had literally collapsed in on itself. And um, uh, I always thought, I really believe that, that, that it's, a, it's almost a miracle that it's gone this long since that last huge collapse. Um, Till now, but but uh, I, I've never seen people as angry at as I've seen them in the last couple of winters. As the well, know. there's a lot of criticism of the tea. Obviously, the people that when they have to get, they 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 get to work late and they lose the time at work, and maybe they might even jeopardize a job if it happened as often as it seems to happen to some people. But beyond even that, is that. Um, uh, you, you, in the winter time, in times that are difficult weather-wise is when you have the biggest problem, and you get of course. You, all of a sudden you find the train doesn't go to the next stop, and you have to get off and get on a bus, or you have to walk up the whatever. Well, it's but, also scary with those fires inside of the tunnels. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, just you know, terrifying but stuff. They, but they keep saying, uh, you know, you read articles say about the, the systems that are in different worlds countries in Europe and all, they seem to run, they're clean, and they're... they're Because they put the money into the infrastructure. We had an opportunity to do a gas tax, which the Republicans fought tooth and nail, which we desperately needed to put into public transportation. Voters said no. I thought that was for the roads, the gas tax. No, the roads, it was the roads, but then the money then gets freed up 
that could then go into the public transportation system. Yeah. If you've got the new money there, then you've got the ability to be able to do roads and and. But it, it's actually that the the you know the. They've also made some terrible decisions in the cars they've chosen. It's almost as though they've made deliberately made decisions where they've chosen vehicles that don't fit the tracks. I mean, we haven't, you know, again, we have the oldest system in America. Boston was the first ever subway system in America. And some of the lines we're using go back to the 18, 1896, 1895, 1890. I mean, it's, it's stunning that the same tracks can still be in use, even though... You know, the, the, the switches, you know, there's only so long that that stuff can happen. And, and again, in part, you know, I've worked for some of those governors. I've always felt it's partly my fault that we've never really done the education and information campaign that could have inspired people to say this is worth it. But people, you know, people don't trust politicians to do the right thing with the dough. And that's because in the past... When we've promised to spend the money earmarked for something, the legislature has the power after the money comes in to move it. And there's always something else that needs the funding. There's always another crisis that comes up. And so um, it's pretty easy for people to say, don't do it. They're only going to take the money for what they want it for. So how about, shame on us. How about Kennedy and Markey? That's a, a, a more than an interesting race. I, I will I will tell you that that um, it's going to be a very uh, you know I've known Ed since he ran in the the old two forty house, um, um, not in our wards, not in five five six seven, but in the old ward one or two, the, the west side of the city. Um, it's a long time, and part of his dilemma is if you were to, if you and I were to get on a, on a, on a bus and we would go to Boston, then get on a, on a train and go to Worcester and get off the train in Worcester and we go in two different directions and we stop the first 10 people that we meet and we say to the people of Worcester, um, are you registered to vote? They say yes. They say, who are you going to vote for, Maki or Kennedy? What do you think the answer is? Kennedy. Answer is, who's Ed Markey? And that's the dilemma for him. He's been a congressman in one small area for the 37 years. He's been senator for six, and he's never been able to, and so ultimately that's why the answer you're right with Kennedy is the right answer. But it's not just Kennedy. It's he has to do an education campaign to say, this is what I've done. This is why... You need me for for six more years. Kennedy says, "Look at you know. I, I I think you'll have him on the show here. I'm sure you will. If you called up, he'd come on in a half a heartbeat, and he'll say to you, you know, I like Ed Markey, but you know, I'm going to be here in, in 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 20 years fighting for the people of Massachusetts. We need to do the things now to rethink. You know, and um, the institutional players they're going to work very hard. The speaker." Um, um, you know, certain members of the legislature, people have known it for a long time, they're going to stick with them. But real voters, I, I, I think it's a very, very tough race for him. I really do. Yeah, it's interesting with that one observation because one thing that I've noticed for a long time, when once Ed 
progressed from uh, city, uh, excuse me, from representative to Congress, there used to be a joke in Malden, the, the, the people that he knew from before as he was progressing up the ladder, that he really wasn't around much no, as a no. congressperson. And then uh, when he got to be senator, he seemed to be more locally than he had been even when he was uh, in Congress, and, except around the election. I mean, they had the address in, on Townsend Street, right. but you know he didn't really live there. And, and uh, he's been out of the area for so many years, and obviously you have to make some kind of an adjustment in where you live when you're down in Washington all those years. But it was almost like why he, w- he wasn't around here, then uh, all of a sudden he gets elected to a higher office and he seems to be more interesting. More, isn't more it? Office. No, and, and, uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a story that, and I think it's true. Years ago, when uh, uh, getting back to the ancient history and politics, there was a state representative that served a number of terms from uh, from Revere, Butch Cataldo, sure, short, stocky guy, yeah. very pleasant guy. And subsequent to him being in office, there was a, a, a Bill Reinstein became uh, thin little the five yeah, point with a fake thin, hair, yeah, right? And um, and there was reception, and uh, That's true. I know the story. Um, it ended up as as it's going down the line. Bill Reinstein said, um, you know, they were all introducing." He was a very to, funny guy. Reinstein was a very he funny was guy. very quick on the uptake. He said. So when, when the congressman got to him, but he says, I'm Butch Cataldo. Oh, nice to meet you, Butch. Butch. You know, didn't even, <laughs> it, it was the same complaint that, that really a lot of people had on, on Kerry. John Kerry was not a local kind same, of... Same, same with local. him, yeah. And, and the funny thing is is, is that is, um, there was just an event in Winthrop, a place where, where Markey should do well. Again, a place he represented for 36 years. He actually lived in Winthrop for a while, you know, uh, in the in, in some apartments there, even though his parents were still, he moved back to Malden Address later. But for a period of time, he had the Winthrop Address, and um, and um, uh, one of the city councilors there, uh, I'm sorry, one of the uh, school committee there, uh, um, invited him to his house, and it was mocked. It was literally, it happened. The Globe did a big story on it. It, it was, I was. I was not surprised, but I was surprised because these are people who you would think, oh, my God, if anyone knows who Eddie Markey is, these people do. But, you know, Ed's got a story to tell, and he's got money, and, you know, he's going to fight the fight, yeah. and we'll see. But, I, I again, it, it you know, I, I, I'm always reminded of uh, when I was a young man and I worked for Tip O'Neill. Before he was the speaker and the majority leader, he was the whip. And he was like making the transition from the number three position to the number two position. And I went down to Washington and somebody said, I said, what's going on? He said, hey, did you hear? Um, someone's going to run against um, uh, Fulbright, William Fulbright. Now, William Black Fulbright, you know, Fulbright uh, you know, scholarships, Fulbright scholarships right. famous guy, you know, right. really a powerful guy. And and I remember I said I said oh yeah, yeah who is he? he says yes yeah, so it's it's like the Secretary of State a guy named Bumpers Dale Bumpers and I remember being arrogant and saying nobody named Dale Bumpers is going to beat William Fulbright and of course not only did he did he beat him but he served for eighteen years the guy and and the point is everyone's time comes unless you know the Speaker Tip when you know one of the reasons he left is he said I want to go out when I want to go out. I don't want to go out somebody saying, hey, you know, thanks for everything, but, you know, have a nice life. 
And, um, but, but, you know, Ed, Ed looks in the mirror and he still sees, as I do, you know, a young 71, 72-year-old guy and, and with a lot of energy, a lot of experience, a lot to offer, and he's not stepping aside. Kennedy looks in the mirror and he says, hey, Eddie, when, when he was younger than me, you know, uh, you know, and so it's my turn. Yeah, I and, think Eddie still might be able to pull it out because, um, like I said, the money might be be have helped him to promote well, himself. Kennedy's got a huge amount of dough. He does, and and uh, uh, the thing is that would uh, though when you see you get you get again to that kind of a scenario, you get the two of them on the stage. You get what used to be versus what is. Yes, and, and that's uh, a tough thing, yeah. And yep. the looks, and that's, that's a little hard. But they to... both have very good teams. They have skilled players. Yeah. They've got very a lot of talent. You know, Do I, you I, think John Walsh is as good a guy? I don't get the impression he's as good as what they think he, he gets credit you know, for. There's a, By the way, for those that don't know, he's, he's Ed's campaign director. I would say the following. I happen to have worked with him. Uh, many in, when he first started out I think doing he sells insurance when he he's does he's down in he's he's yeah. down in, in the South Shore but he <laughs> hasn't for a long time he's really been a political operative for a while yeah. um, but he was always very smart smart guy but I I always have a rule and um, I tell it to young people who are one of your political you know um, operatives and I always say you're going to get more credit than you deserve and you're going to get more blame than you deserve. So you take the credit because you're going to get the blame whether you like it or not. John gets more credit than he deserves. He also gets more blame than he deserves. So in the end, it's a wash. But certainly if, if I were starting a campaign, it, it, certainly um, you know, he is somebody who, who is, who's, a, who's an asset. He knows Massachusetts. He ran the under, uh, underdog campaign of Governor Patrick. He was the party chair. But, you know, in the end, it's not about operatives. It, it, it's about the candidates. Can they make the case? And it comes down to three things, whether it's, it's the races that we just saw yesterday in Malden for, the, you know, for, state, for, for city council and for mayor and for school committee or for president of the United States. Does the candidate understand the problems of people like me? Does the candidate care? I can understand and not care. I can care, but not really understand. And I'll explain that in a second. And then finally, what can the candidate do for me, and not me as the individual, but for my family, my community, my, my, my ideology, my religion, whatever. So, for example, I can, I can understand um, somebody's problem and say, I'm, I really feel terrible, but I'm not going to help you. I can't help you because it's going to cost me money. So I get mad, right? Or I can say, uh, if, if I'm John Kerry, um, uh, who I think, when you look at that question, I think people thought Kerry cared because of the way he voted. But can he really, Ed, understand what it means to be cold and old and unafraid and a new immigrant? You know, if he got a brain tumor, God forbid, he'd be at Mass General seeing the best doctor at Mass General in 20 minutes. Can he really understand what it's like when you, when you find out your kid's got a tumor and you can't get in to see somebody for 13 months or, or, your, or your parents have, uh, you know, cancer and they can't get in because of the health care? You, you know, you, it's hard when you don't share that experience. And then finally, and as I said, the most important thing is, is what can they do for me? What Kennedy ultimately has got to stand on that stage and say, the other guy's got, you know, 30, 43 years in in, in, in Washington. I've got eight. 
but this is why I can do more for you. And that gets to your point of, because I'm looking down the road at your future. I'm not looking at your past. And it'll be a very, very, very interesting race. I, I, I very don't, expensive. You know, and God knows there are a lot of consultants who are very happy. Full Employment Act for consultants. Yeah. We love that. Yeah. Quick, couple of quick questions on Washington. Yeah. Uh, you think Trump will be the nominee in November? If he's not, if he doesn't walk away in a deal, yes. I really think it's possible that that these next couple of weeks are going to tell us a lot. I think there are a lot of people who genuinely, I know there are a lot of people, about 40%, who simply do not believe anything other than what Trump tells them. And if, if you know, those people, so he's got, he's locked in with 40%. The question is, to win, he needs to get to at least 43 or 44, and then the Democrat has to dip. That's how he did it the last time. You know, he got, he, he got 44%, 45% of the vote. But but Hillary got you know more votes, but didn't win the electoral college. The single most important thing that happened yesterday has has been ignored by the national media. It wasn't what happened in Tennessee, and it wasn't what happened in Virginia. And for people that don't know, Virginia went from being Republican, um, from being uh, for the last forty years, it's been a, a Republican legislature. They finally, the Democrats finally kicked it. But over. it wasn't also Kentucky. It, it, but in, 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 <laughs> and it wasn't Kentucky, where every Republican won except for the person running for. The thing to look at from yesterday, the, if I were sitting in the White House and I was Trump, the thing that would make me throw up is what happened in Pennsylvania, which was which was Democrats expanded the vote in the suburbs of Pennsylvania. The the percentage of vote he got was, uh, the Democrats got, was appreciably larger. There was a huge turnout. Ultimately, and again, I don't want to bore people, but... But what kind of an election? Local election? It was all local, but, it, but Democrats... Elections? Were, the suburbs overwhelmingly throughout Republicans for Democrats in the, in the state legislature and in local elections. And, and again, I, I will uh, share with you that, that if people always say to me, the polls were all wrong four years ago. The polls had Hillary winning. Hillary did win. The polls said she was going to win by about 3 million votes, and she won by about 3 million, 2%, 2.5%. Now, it wasn't enough to win because of the Electoral College. If you look at the three states that, that Trump has to win this time, just like he did the last time, uh, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Michigan. How about Ohio? No. Okay. Democrats are never going to win Ohio in our lifetime. But put those three aside. If you look at the percentage of vote, percentage now, that Barack Obama got in the three big minority cities in those states, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. One quick. We're running out of time. Well, just... Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and, uh, and, and, uh, and Detroit, Michigan. He got 80% of the vote. She got 80% of the vote. So how did he win and she lose? Hundreds of thousands of minorities stayed home for her, and they showed up for him. And that's the difference between winning by 77,000 votes in three states or losing. And we'll do, this, we'll do another show before the election. Thanks, Michael. We could have used another hour because I had some other questions to ask you. Well, we'll come back. But I appreciate you coming Always by. Always a pleasure, my friend.